Yeah, keep, keep, keep them in prayer. Um, well, it's good to see you. Again, I feel like I haven't been here for a minute, and it's good to see you. It's always good to see you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to be here. We appreciate it. I'm curious if anybody has childhood friends that you still keep in contact with. Anybody at all? I know it gets less hands now the older you are. But, but you know what it's like to have a friend that you've had for a long time? Some of those friends are great where you, you see them and it's like you never missed a beat. Anybody have friends like that? That is golden. If you have that, cherish it. But let me, let me tell you another experience I have. I have a friend. We were best friends in our junior and senior year in high school. I mean, I knew him in 10th grade. We just weren't his friends, closest friends. But then junior, senior year, we did a ton together. We did Bible quiz together. We, I, had a, I had a gardening business that he would work for me sometimes. We, we did everything together. His dad had a boat. We'd go ski in San Diego Bay. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, you do what you could do, got to do. We'd do that. We'd almost ski, water ski every week. It was incredible. We were really, really, really close. And then I went off to college. He waited a year. Then he went off to college. And um, I saw him a few years later, and it was, I, I knew him, but he had changed. Does anybody know anybody like that? Then 20 years later, we connected again. And it was not strangers, but not the same. And it dawned on me, even then, I thought, I've known him for 20 years, but it's not like we are friends for 20 years. That's different. And if I was going to be even more accurate, I really knew him 20 years ago. Do you see the difference? I could still say we're friends in my heart. I I love this guy. I mean, he's, he's a friend. I pray for him all the time. He's not following Christ. If if it crosses your mind to pray for him, I appreciate it because it breaks my heart because um, we, we didn't grow together. Our friendship didn't grow. Does that make sense? I don't know if you have people like that in your life, but, you know, as you, as you experience life, it's kind of like this too. Like maybe you've had this happen where you, you go away to college or you go away somewhere, or you go on a trip and you come back and people have changed a little bit and you haven't changed, right? They changed, but you didn't change. And as you're looking at them, you're thinking, what's so different here? I don't know. What it is, is as you live and do life, you, you grow, you, you change, you, you accumulate memories, and, and some of them good, some of them bad, and things happen, and it affects you, and you change. And maybe you've had some crises, and you've walked through some deep waters, or maybe you've had some blessings, and things have just changed you. And you don't see the change happening. It's just kind of a gradual thing. But then when people aren't around each other, it becomes more exaggerated. If I could be honest, you're not the same person. And if you are talking specifically about relationships and personalities, I I remember years ago uh, doing a lot more study on on the the effects of of alcoholism and addiction and, and drugs and even pornography. Those addictions, this is what's interesting. Psychologists say that at the age you are, when you get in deep into those, you, you kind of, your emotional development is, is stalled. Sounds weird. Your, your physical development stays the same, and you can be the person, but there's a part of you that stays back there when you started the addiction stuff. What's interesting about that is you, you don't grow all at the same time. It's, it's just weird. So... How are you doing with your relationship with God? I'm sure you're like, wait, wait, what are you doing? You were talking about this, now you're talking about, yeah, you know why? 
Because our relationship with God can be kind of like that. And I, I, know, I know that's a leap for some of you, but, but let, me, let me help you uh, catch up to where I'm talking about here. What I'd like to do today is kind of define the relationship. You know how kids do that sometimes? You know, you're dating somebody you think you are, and then you find out, wait, she didn't think we we're dating. Thought we were just friends. Like, oh, I'm in the friend zone. Okay, cool. Not cool, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Is it just me? <laughs> and you, you've got to take a point and say, what, what, what are we? And what am I to you? And where's this going? Now, maybe you never thought of putting all those things together like I'm mashing up today, but I'm going to mash some th- other things up too. So just buckle up, be ready. I'm going to mess with a few things. But my, my, my question stays the same. Where are you with God? Is it an ongoing, growing relationship? Or did maybe you take a break on the relationship and you knew him 20 years ago or five years ago or a year ago, but you guys haven't been together the whole time, so you stalled? Or, I hate to even mention this kind of thing, maybe, maybe you got hurt. Somebody offended you, and it stalled. Are you just making it? I mean, if I ask you today to define your relationship with God, how would you describe that? Would you say it's thriving? You know how people do that on Facebook or on, online? They talk about their relationships. Don't, just advice from me to you, please don't do that. But still, I appreciate when people brag on their, their spouses. That's awesome, I get that. But you have somebody put on their, I'm, 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 I'm living or dating my best friend or my, I don't remember. And then, and then two weeks later, it's like not. It's kind of like the Kelsey Swift thing. I'm like, oh my gosh. God bless them both. I just, you know, whatever. No, I don't mean whatever. God bless them both. I mean that. You know what? From the bottom of my heart, I mean that. I might be a little weary of the thing it is, but whatever it is, do we even know what it is? No. Do we care? Someone said, do we care? Well, I care if it affects his football performance. That's all I care about, if I'm, if I'm being honest, which is horrible. I care about him as a person, I guess, too. I'm sorry. God almighty. We should be praying for these people like they matter because they do. Their soul is important, so God forgive me. I was trying to use it as an illustration, not get all deep there, but God help him. Pray for him today, for his soul. Mm, 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 mm. So if I ask you about you and God, though, where is it? Are you thriving? Would you use that term? Would you say it's better than ever? When I was at Sheffield, we used to have students, you know, want to preach, and we'd train them up. And I had this one student, he did the best altar call I've ever heard. And he did it, like, in the first five minutes. It was really funny. So what he did is he had everybody stand up. Then he said, Sit down if you're, if you're as close to God as you've ever been. If you've never been closer, sit down. So there's a bunch of people left standing, right? And he goes, y'all need to be at the altar. Come on down right now. It was, it was so funny. It was so funny. And everybody's like, wait, wait, wait. I got trapped. And, but, but really, if we did that today, how many of you would say, this is the, the best it's ever been? It's never been better. But a lot of us would say, well, maybe it's not great. And I'm going to ask you a hard question. Whose fault is that? It's not God's. Quick answer, a little, yeah, spoiler alert. 
It's never him. He never moves. I've used this story before, but I'm just going to say it again. Remember those old bench seats in vehicles? Remember that? So there's a couple driving along, and, you know, they're little, you know, middle-aged, let's say. They're driving along, and they pull up behind, and there's this older couple driving an old truck, and she's, like, sitting right next to him. Remember how that used to be? So the wife turns to the husband and says, man, remember when we used to sit like that? He's driving along. He goes, well, you know what, though? I never moved. Mm. 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 So where are you? I'm going to read the scripture and it's going to hurt. I'm just telling you in advance. Hebrews 5.11. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since... Hold on. You are spiritually dull... And don't seem to listen. Mm. You have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again about the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Ouch. Are you talking to me? Is he talking to you? Who is he talking to? Who's this written to? One interesting thing about the book of Hebrews is we do not know. It had been attributed to the apostle Paul, but scholars often question that only because the language isn't, it's nothing like any of his other writings. I mean, in principle it is, but not the actual wording and the way it was written. So it's possible he could have written it through a, they used, often they would use secretaries to write for them because not everybody, uh, you know, was skilled at reading and writing, that kind of thing. But it's, we don't know for sure. But I do know this, the original intent for this, do you know who it was written to? It was written to the church. It was written to believers. It could have been written to us, which I know hurts a little bit. It's hard to imagine this, but if you look at the original, it's the original intent. It was intended to be circulated around, around the churches. I know some of you are kind of maybe feeling defensive right now, and you're like, no, I'm good. My wife needs to hear this, but I'm good. Who's, who's saying that? Just kidding. Just kidding. I just want to raise her hand. That'd be awesome. You know who it was written to? It was written to Christians who had the potential to be teaching, but they had not lived up to and they had not stayed in relationship consistently enough to be on that page. For whatever reason, they had been Christians for, let's say, five years, but they hadn't been Christians for five years. They hadn't been growing. Man, this is brutal. (laughs) Dull of hearing spiritually dull man what does that mean you know what it means they did not put the work in to grow their relationship now a lot of people just walk through life and the relationships happen and they don't work on them they don't put whatever it takes in there they don't set aside the time i'm talking about human relationships now maybe it's maybe it's a husband wife or a friend they don't schedule they, they let other things take time away 
whether that's work or other friends or maybe, and they don't, they don't prioritize the relationships that matter. And so because of that, those relationships grow stale and grow old. My neighborhood last night, I almost did it too, but as I was walking my dog, I counted six bonfires. There's just around the block. <laughs> like, all right, let's all get together and smelled amazing. It's all, you know, that's why I wore this today. I felt like it's fall, Right? But what happens if you don't stoke that fire? What happens? Just grows cold and goes out. Now it can be rekindled in a lot of cases, but the thing is it takes active maintenance to grow a relationship. And it is the same with God. It's not as if you just come and it just washes. Now I get this, I get it. And you are in the right place, so don't think I'm criticizing you for being here. You're here, which is awesome. But I'm going to say something that may, again, be a little offensive, but this should not be the only time you hear God's word and you are exposed to his truth. There's a good friend of mine in in L.A. when I was in L.A. for a long time, and we did a lot of campus ministry together, totally different church, different denomination or whatever. And the bumper stickers for his church kind of bugged me a little bit. Number one, because they're kind of cute and it, you know, it's like. Well, it was awesome. I loved him and his church. But they said this, and I realized later what bothered me about it. It said, where the sheep meet to eat. So it kind of had a little alliterative thing going on. And you know what bothered me about it? We're not supposed to meant to eat only at church. If this is the only time you eat, we'd all be skinny. Christians, our Christian life would be malnourished. Do you see how that works? Now, I know for a lot of people, this is it. And I, uh, please keep coming. <laughs> but it, it really takes more to grow. It takes more to grow. It's no different than your own body. You know, it's, man, not trying to step on toes. The whole weight loss thing, you know what the key is? It's not one diet. Calories in, calorie. It's just calorie deficit. It is. Our bodies burn a certain amount of calories every day. And if you are more active, they burn more. And the fact is, if you do not eat enough calories to match that number, you will lose weight. Now, some of you pay a lot of money for that kind of advice. (laughs) And I'm not saying it as one who gets it, obviously. I'm just saying. Did you ever think your spiritual body is the same? The amount of spiritual food you feed your body will result in you being a healthy Christian or malnourished. Man. I'm not criticizing anybody in particular, believe me. We're all walking this road. I don't care if you've been serving Christ and you're a thriving Christian and you've been serving him your whole life. You still have more to learn and more to grow. And the fact is, if you stop, you will start to to decline in your relationship. If you are brand new, if you are one of the ones, as Pastor Nick was talking, and you say, yes, I want to follow Christ. Awesome. Let's feed you. Let's get you healthy. I'm so sorry if a Jesus follower hurt your feelings here or anywhere else tell you breaks my heart just the stories i've heard but i have to be honest 
It's not about them. It's about Jesus. And he never fails. If, uh, you know what? This is probably going to make someone mad. I am sorry. Are you keeping track of how many things today? If you got offended, your eyes weren't on Jesus, were they? That's not to say that people don't make mistakes. They shouldn't be corrected. Paul dealt, or Jesus dealt with that in Matthew 18. You need to confront them, and if that doesn't work, take someone. There's a process. The church should be, should be fix offense. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying for you to live for Christ means that you sometimes need to look past offense and grow in your relationship with Christ. Now, I told you I was going to mash up something else. I want to look at this, this parable, a story Jesus told to make a point. Here's what he says. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seeds that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and they don't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as their problems are, are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, and no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who are truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as been planted. This parable is about evangelism, but it also applies to us as Christians. What kind of soil are you? Are you growing? Or have you let the cares of life or offenses or other things make you stop in your growth? Or have you let the enemy pluck out seed? You can actually, anybody, any gardeners here? Anybody enjoy gardening? That's why I had a great gardening business because nobody likes to do it. But I can be honest with you. You know, you can take bad soil and turn it good. You can do it. It takes some work, but you can do it. Sometimes you replace the soil. Sometimes you just till it up. Sometimes it's, you put in amendments. You put in soil things that, that help the soil grow, whether it's potassium. There's so many things you can put in depending on what the soil needs. There's ways to make the soil healthy so that things grow. And it's night and day. When you're healthy, it grows. But your soil may be one of these that Jesus described. And the fact is, you have something to do with it. Here's what I'm calling you to do today is to grow. For you to grow. And it may take some work on your part. Some of the guys that in the, the testimonies, in the, in the baptism today, you have to choose this. <laughs> oh man, I wish I could make you want to. I can't. You have to choose. What A word we use for that is you being teachable. It's you taking an assessment of yourself and saying, where am I now? Where is this relationship? Define the relationship, you and God. Where is it? Is it growing? What do I need to do to grow? Mm. Let me, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about this. How do you grow? What do you need to do to grow? Maybe you've let some weeds grow up. They're choking out the word. I don't know. The pressures of life. I don't know. I don't know. Last week, last Wednesday with, with the, the kids, um, we were working with them and we asked, like, what's the Bible? What is the Bible? You know, and of course, they're children and they're like, it's a book. 
Yes, it is a book. What kind of book? It's God's book. Okay. And then um, I didn't ask his parents to share this, but Eli Fitzpatrick, he's, he's, this kid, he's just smart, brilliant. He said this. I want to get his wording right because I wrote it down right then. He said, um, it's God's instructional man, instruction manual for living. I'm like, dang. All right. All right. Deep, deep little dude. We read in Hebrews, I want to go back right before what we read. Remember the part about dull and spiritually dull? He says, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the, the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You, you don't need further instruction about baptism, laying on of hands, and resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. So God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, let me, let me just tell you, there's a lot of things you can do. But the fact is, a lot of times you need to be with people who are a little more experienced. It's okay. We're all in a different way, in a different stage of our development in Christ. I'll tell you too, the key is time. Time together and communication. We're going to talk about all those things later. But what I want to talk to you about today is the first thing is this. Well, let me read you one more verse that's going to hurt. Let's do that. This is Paul. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as... I would to spiritual people. He's talking to a church. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world, as though you were infants in Christ. This does sound a lot like that Hebrews passage. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. Ouch, 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 ouch. You know the difference between internal motivation and external? Do you know the difference? When you're internally motivated, you're just driven. Now, sometimes it starts with external and then goes internal. What we kind of been doing today is external. I've read you passages of scripture that probably stung a little bit. And you may be walking and evaluating your walk with Christ and say, yeah, I should be a little further along. Yes. Ah, yeah, that's probably me a little bit. That's external. I can't make the internal happen. You, you have to be open to that. You have to have a desire to grow. I would love to. Oh, man. I would love to, but I can't. Well, let me take that back. I don't want to. You know why? Because it's internal motivation that lasts. You wanting to is real. God doesn't force us. He calls to us. He woos us. So maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, you know, actually I do want to, but I'm not sure I want to internally enough. What do I do? Guess what you do? You ask God to help you. He created you. He knows you. He is drawing you. If you're sitting here today and that thought crossed your mind that I don't really want to, but I know I should, ask him to help you want to. He answers that prayer. Just like in James where he says, if you need wisdom, ask for wisdom. God wants to help you. Please don't think that God is up here. I think about this all the time. Like, is God up here? Like him and Jesus like, eh, look at those poor people. They can't get it right. Let's step on their little fingers as they try to climb up here. Really? That's not it. You know what he did? He got down there with us and pulls us up. 
He walks this with us. He changes us from the inside out. Just like you heard in some of these baptism stories, things start to change because the inside changes. That's the change. I want to just add a couple things here. I, I want, let's, let's focus today on just one thing, the word of God. It will change you. It will change you. You will never find the depth of it. You will never, ever explore it enough. As old as I am and as long as I've been serving God, I learn things not, almost every day. Almost every day where I see, oh, I didn't see it that way before. Oh, I never even read that before. How is that possible? I've read the Bible through. How can I have never read that? I see it now in a whole new light. It's changing me because as we grow and we learn from him, he shows us new things and new areas that we need to grow. It will never, ever be that way. It's amazing. The Bible is so rich. We'll talk about that maybe some more next week, just how it's so rich with so much. You know what I think it's like? Has anybody ever been to a tide pool? You know what I'm talking about where the the ocean comes in and then it goes, it recedes a little bit and then you start looking at it. And I've, I've spent some time there and as I'm staring into the water, I've seen people walk by and they're like, oh, there's nothing in there. Because they're not looking. They don't spend the time to see what's there. And as you look, you see, you see of course, the sea anemones are big and you see that at first. And then the deeper you look, the more you see. And then your eye catches a little movement because when you first come, everything stops. Because they're afraid of you. And then the more you wait, things start to move. And you see, oh my goodness, there's like 80, 80 snails in there. And then, then you see a little hermit crab and then maybe a real crab. And you're only gonna see if you take the time to look, if you put the effort into it. You have to choose to change. The bottom line is you choose to change. God doesn't force you. He, he, he invites you and then you choose. That way it's a true love relationship and a choice you make. Have you ever heard this before? You can't expect different results if you do the same things. How about this one? If you do more of the same thing, don't expect different results. How about this one? You have to do things differently to get different results. Are you getting it? Are you annoyed yet? Here's Einstein's famous quote. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. This is my favorite. If you always do what you always done, you'll always get what you always got. My autocorrect corrected that, but if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. You may be sitting here and thinking, I've tried this before, Pastor. I, the Bible's boring. I just can't get into it. All right, I hear you. I'm just saying, if you try and look with a heart and ask God to help you, you know what I do every time I open the word? My God, show me something today. Show me what I need to see here. Speak to me. My heart is different. I'm not reading it just to read. I don't want to read just to say, okay, I've got to get from here to here in the next five minutes. No, that's... Do you do that with your friends? Do you do that with your spouse? Look, I know I got to, think about that. I know I got to spend time with you. Okay, say everything you need to say because I got I to gotta get going here. But we do that with him. I'm, I'm gonna give you some, some simple steps here. I think simple's good. I need simple. Set some clear goal, goals. Assess where you are now and set some clear goals. Maybe right now you haven't read the Bible in a long time. I, we use the, uh, 
as a church, we use the, uh, the Bible program. It's a really simple program. It's got way more versions of the Bible you can ever imagine. And it's such an easy way. It's called the YouVersion Bible app. It's easy to load, easy to use. I'm just saying, take small steps. Maybe for you, it's, it's gonna be to read a paragraph. I always say don't read a Bible verse, and I say that because one verse can easily be taken and misunderstood out of context. Just read the paragraph. Imagine what you're, if, if you're not reading at all, imagine what your life would be like if you just started reading a paragraph a day. And if you've never read before, I'd recommend you start in the book of John because the book of John talks about who Jesus was and why he came. It talks about his purpose for coming. It's a beautiful, beautiful, very poetic, philosophical book about Jesus as it tells the story of Christ here on earth. I'd recommend that. I'm gonna ask you to do something most of us are uncomfortable for, and that's accountability. Usually we don't like people looking over our shoulders. Usually we wanna just be left alone. But if you're serious about growing, you should invite someone else into your growth. Maybe a friend, maybe maybe a spouse. I'd recommend this. We have amazing Sunday morning classes, Wednesday night classes. And if you're serious about your growth in Christ, be part of that. Come to Ironman. Ironman's this week, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. Tuesday night, 6.30. I would recommend you talk to a friend. Join the church reading plan. If you've never done that before, you're on version. just message me, email me so I can help you with that. Go deep. You have a choice to go deep. I want you to shut your eyes for a minute. And if I could get some music up here with me. My last point is pretty simple. It's don't quit. I want everybody's eyes closed though for a minute. Because I know, I know how life is. It gets busy or maybe you've done things or maybe you've tried before. or Maybe you have a good reason, but it just hasn't worked the way you thought it would. Maybe you're here and you're just being honest and saying, man, I've tried this before. I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to stay where I'm at. I just want to tell you, there's a God in heaven who created you for relationship. He wants to know you and he wants you to know him. And he puts it in your hands. Are you going to move on this? And maybe you have failed before. That's fine. It may sound weird for you to, me to say that, but Proverbs 24, 16 says this. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. For the righteous, though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. You know what I love about that? Is even when I fail, he still calls me righteous. Because he sees in me what I can't see. And he wants to build in you what you can't see. And he's got a plan for you that's even bigger and better than you could even imagine. He's cool like that. It's what he is. It's who he is. I just want to ask a couple questions I know Pastor Nick asked this earlier, and maybe, maybe you did raise your hand earlier, but I just want to give you another chance to make this commitment. If Maybe you've never walked with Christ before. Maybe something that was said in one of the testimonies from the video, from the baptism, or maybe it's something you've heard, or maybe you've been considering this for a long time. But maybe you are sitting here today and you say, yes, I would actually like to start this relationship with Christ today, first time. Anybody like that? If you just raise your hand, we want to pray with you. Anybody at all. Pause a minute here. Let me ask another question then. For those of you here in this room today, 
I'm just going to ask a question. Maybe I'm not going to do what that student of mine did and have you stand right now, but maybe you're here today and you realize and you'd like to be honest and just say, my relationship with God is not where it should be. Anybody like that, you know it should be better, deeper. A lot of hands all over the room. I want to pray with you. Would you stand? I want to give this opportunity also, if you need prayer for anything, I would like to invite our our pastors and spouses and board and spouses and prayer team to come forward real quick. We want to pray with you. You can come for prayer for anything you need. Healing, situation in your life, maybe help with what we've talked about today, following Christ for real. Maybe you just need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want someone to pray with you for that. We are here for that. I just ask you to step out and come down for prayer. God changes things. God changes things. One of the people that was baptized today, even back before we came out just now, he, we prayed with one of his friends on the phone for healing. He needed healing right there in that moment. God is working in that man's relationship, in his marriage. God changes things constantly. If you need prayer for anything, come on down real quick and these will pray with you, these people down here. But I want to pray for us in our walk with Christ. Father, we come before you as this group of Christians. We, we come before you as ones who we, we don't always get it right. God, we're sorry for people we've hurt or things we've done that were wrong. And we just ask in Jesus' name for you to help us live closer to you. Father, I pray for those who were honest about the fact that it's difficult to, to live sometimes and to walk this walk. And to, I just ask that you would help them with their walk. And I pray, God, as, as you said in Proverbs there, that as we fall, that you consider us still righteous and you are, you are cleansing us and holding us and helping us to live closer to you. God, I pray for each and every one in this room. I pray as we open your word this week that you would make it come alive in a way it never has before. Father, I pray you would show us things that we need to see. Show us things that, that maybe we've read before, but just show us in a new way. God, I pray that you would, our relationship with you would grow and grow and grow and be stronger than it ever has. God, we trust you for these things. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. As you leave today, I just want to encourage you. He is here for you, and he wants you to be closer to him. It's not on you. It's on both of you. All right, God bless you. If you're here for the Connect Lunch, we'll be in there as soon as we can. Just right to the left, and as you exit, be right to the left in the crown room. God bless you. Thank you for being here today.